0: Welcome, friends, to another episode of Chris in the Classroom. I'm Chris. This is my classroom, friends. Today, I I, I don't. The, the best way I can say it is, I just can't even right now. I mean, <laughs> so he, here's how today's episode kind of came about. The other day, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw a headline for an article that said, "Snowplow parents set up playdates." For their kids in college. Snowplow parents set up play dates for their kids in college. And I almost dropped the phone. I almost hit the ceiling. My wife had to call me down. I don't even just I like I, I like I said, I, I just can't even right now, you know, to put it the way the, the millennials like to put it. Um, so if let's just start with the basics. If you don't know what snowplow parents are, let me let me let me take a step back. Um, Over the last number of years, there's been this emergence of a type of parenting called helicopter parenting. And I know a lot of you have probably heard of that, this helicopter parents. Helicopter parents, they're the kind that just kind of always hover over their kid and make sure that, you know, not too extreme, but you don't want your kid to go through hardships. And I mean, no parent does, but they kind of take it to an extreme where they kind of hover over. They're always the ones that are just uh, uh, overprotective, I guess, is a better way to put it. Just really overprotective parents. But now we're starting to see a new breed of parenting come to light and really we're, we're we're not starting to see it come to light. We're starting to see the results actually. Um, And they're called snowplow parents or lawnmower parents. Just, just depends on the, the, the term you want to use. And Snowplow or lawnmower parents—they're like essentially like machines. Um, if you want to picture a snowplow or a lawnmower, uh, just kind of being right out in front of their kids, clearing out any obstacles in their path, just mowing everything over, so they don't have, so the kids don't have to encounter failure, frustration, lost opportunities, any kind of trouble, anything like that. Um, just give you some examples here of some of the things that just yeah drove me absolutely crazy i still can't believe some of this stuff happens but you know they, they make sure that their their toddlers are never uh, compelled to do anything that might frustrate them um you know, really essentially doing puzzles for them. If you want to think about it that way, you know, just the the parents are doing their puzzles for them and the toddler gets the praise, but the toddler didn't have to do anything. Um, you know, and then it gets more intense when they get into school, you know, the running the forgotten assignment up to school or a forgotten lunch, uh, calling a coach to request that their child make the team. Now I'm all for advocating for your kids, And I'm all for, you know, you get them out of a bind every now and then. They're kids. They're learning. But when I say, you know, running a forgotten assignment to school or taking up a a forgotten lunch or or things like that, I I mean every day on a regular basis. And obviously, you know, talking to a coach to, to request that their child makes the team, we'll get to that. Um, Later, it it becomes, you know, writing an excuse for them if they procrastinate on their schoolwork, uh, paying, this has actually happened, paying a college counselor thousands of dollars to perfect their applications or calling their professors to argue about a grade. Parents are calling a college kids professor to argue about a grade. Just going to let that simmer for a minute. Now, there are some college freshmen that have left some top-notch schools. uh, And this article named a couple, uh, you know, Emory and Brown. Those are some pretty top-notch schools that some college freshmen have left those schools because they don't know, they don't have the minimal adulting skills that somebody would need to survive in college just normal you know adult skills you know and we see this stuff online the the memes and the, you know like oh i can't adult today or adulting stinks no like it it's real college kids are having trouble quote adulting and because of that they can't survive living on their own at college others Other uh, college kids that have left other schools have said there's just too much work. They said they never learned independent study skills. I'm guessing, this is my opinion, I'm guessing because mommy and daddy or somebody always did their homework for them. Uh, Another girl, um, didn't give her name, thank goodness, (laughs) another girl didn't like to eat food with sauce did like to eat food with sauce. The article says her whole life, her parents helped her avoid sauce. Calling friends before going over their house for dinner, you know, just making sure that she never had to encounter sauce. I'm pausing for effect. Never had to encounter sauce. So then when she gets to college and in the dining hall, she didn't know how to cope with the cafeteria options covered in sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Students have relied, college students have relied on their parents to set up play dates with people in their dorms, or parents will call their child's employers when an internship didn't lead to a job. The root cause, the article says, was that the parents never let their children make mistakes or face challenges. One mother even called the RA, who's the you know the, the kind of like the the student head of a of a dorm floor. Essentially, uh, one mother called the RA, her child's RA, and asked for a list of dining hall salad bar items so that the mother could come up and put together her kid's lunch and get it ready so that when the kid got out of her college class, she could have a lunch. Then the article says, too, that another parent hopped on a video chat to fix a roommate dispute over a stolen jar of peanut butter. Parents are literally fighting their college kids' battles over a jar of peanut butter. The New York Times recently pointed out in a new poll, they polled parents with children ages 18 through 28 and found out that three-quarters of those parents had made appointments for their adult children, adult children, Like doctor visits, dentist appointments, haircuts, things of that nature. And then the same group also said that they had reminded their adult children of deadlines for college. 11%, according to this, uh, according to the New York Times uh, study, 11% of those parents of children 18 to 28, 11% said that they would contact their kid's employer. If the kid had an issue, I'm not even going to say kid. It's not a kid. 18 to 28, you're not a kid. But 11% said that they would contact their child's employer if the child had an issue at work. 16% said that they would call or text their kids in college to wake them up. Not so they could get to class on time. Oh, no. But they would call or text them to wake them up To prevent them from falling asleep in class or during a test. Mom, my history teacher is really boring. Can you text me Tuesdays and Thursdays between 1030 and 1145 to make sure I'm still awake? Come on. 8% had contacted a college professor or administrator about their child's grade, and 4% said that they wrote all or part of an essay or other school assignment. We're talking about college kids and their parents. So just looking at, at that, um, I'm not that far removed from college. I'm saying maybe 10, 11 years something like that last i was in college i mean and i'm in schools all the time i work in schools all the time and i'm talking elementary middle and high schools like the whole point is to teach kids how to be responsible how to how how the how the world works and honestly if you're holding my opinion this is my opinion if you're holding your kids hand if you're doing stuff for them they're not going to learn we'll get into that in a second especially crud if they're getting into college. College professors don't have time nor the desire to listen to a parent complain about why their kid failed an exam. College professors don't care. They don't care. Honestly, I'm, if, if it was me, if it was me, if I was that college professor, and I know I know a lot of y'all could probably sympathize with this, but if I was that college professor, I'd be like, okay, you're fighting your kids' battles for them? Are you doing their homework for them, too? Well, obviously, a certain percentage uh, of parents are. So that would make me really question the legitimacy of the work that was coming in from that child anyway. And, I mean, of course I'm not going to change the grade just because the parent wants me to. No, absolutely not. And I mean, and the whole thing with, you know, the girl didn't like to eat food with sauce, so she actually left her college because she didn't know how to deal with avoiding sauce. Guess what? There's plenty of stuff on a college campus, especially if you're at a nicer school like Emory or Brown. I mean, I went to a small state school. There was, at, at any given time, there was, I don't know, at least 15 different places to eat, and all of them had something different. Not all of them had sauce, just so you know. There was burgers, there was fries, there was hot dogs, there was, uh, I think there was a Chick-fil-A, there was grills, there was salad bars, there was pizza. I mean, there was so much stuff, and I think, you know, they even had, um, you know, healthy options and all that stuff. Who wants healthy options? But they had all that stuff, it's okay you don't have to eat things that are covered in sauce you don't have to lose your mind just because something is covered in sauce here's the facts friends children actually learn when they suffer consequences of their actions now here's the thing I am not talking about anything if they get physically if they could get physically hurt or if there's possible damage to you know, body or property things of that nature. Obviously, we want to kind of protect our kids from that. But I'm talking about just consequences of their actions. If they forget their homework, okay, if you're able to take it to them once, fine. Absolutely. But make sure they know this isn't going to be an everyday thing. And if it happens again, oh, well, take the late grade, take the zero. You know, if you forget your lunch, okay, awesome. Yeah, I... We all forget stuff every now and then. If it was a hectic morning, forgot lunch, okay, fine. Yes, take take their lunch, absolutely. But here's the thing. Schools are not allowed to let your kids go hungry either. So if they go to the cafeteria and say, hey, I don't have a lunch, I forgot it at home or whatever, the at least all the schools I taught in, they would at least get, they had prepackaged lunch. They would at least give the kid like a cheese sandwich and a milk or something like that. So your kid's not going to go hungry. And I get it. I get it. You. I get it. Once or twice, fine. But the thing is, if it's over and over again, or if it it starts to become an expectation, when parents always rescue, when parents always jump into the rescue, children don't learn from their mistakes. Children who are constantly, consistently rescued by their parents, they never learn how to deal with their problems. And and I'm talking from as, uh, as little as, oh, I forgot a homework assignment, all the way up to something that needs to be made at a job that could affect their whole, you know, career. They, they tend to, these people tend to jump from school to school, job to job, because the only thing they know is to run away. Because once their rescuer, once their superhero can't jump in and save them anymore, they're sunk. It's, it's best for kids to learn the hard lessons while they're still young while they're still home with parents that that way that the parents can guide them to the truth kids need to learn that it's okay to make mistakes that's how we learn teach your kids to view mistakes as opportunities for growth not complete and utter failures just because you make a mistake just because you didn't get something right once it's okay but learn from it and make sure you don't make that same mistake again. I think we've all had that, we all remember that one lesson. You know, there, there's some lessons, there's some things that I do in my daily life that that I remember, I remember learning that lesson. And every time I do whatever it is, I'm like, I'm never making that mistake again because I remember that one time. That's how we learn. We learn from our failures. We learn from our mistakes. Albert Einstein, the dude failed math. Look what happened. I'm hot. I'm heated, man. All children need to fail. Why? Because humans fail. We are not perfect. We are not perfect. 94% of parents... This this drove me absolutely batty. 94% of parents said that responsibility is one of the most important qualities they want to teach their kids. I'll say that again. 94% of parents, is a completely separate study, said that they want responsibility to be one of the most important qualities that their kids learn. Well, wait, there's a disconnect there. Because we want them to learn responsibility, but we're doing everything for them. We want them to learn responsibility, but we want to make sure they never struggle or fail. We want them to learn responsibility, but we're not providing them with the skills to think independently. We want them to learn responsibility, but we don't want them to have to struggle and sweat and work their way through a problem. We want them to learn responsibility, but... We're not making them take responsibility for their actions. Hmm. This comes from uh, Dr. Laura Choate. It was an article I found on Psychology Today, all about resilience. It's my favorite word, resilience. We need to prepare our kids for the road. We don't need to prepare the road for our kids. The road is already out there. The road is the road is life. The road is out there. You can't go out and plow the road for your kids in every situation. It creates a learned helplessness. Be aware that you might be making parenting decisions today that that, that are either going to contribute or take away from your kids' success or their ability to cope. With life in the future, and and these seemingly small rescues um, by parents, I mean, like I said, they can accumulate once or twice. Okay, fine, but if it's becoming an everyday thing, I taught so many kids it that every day, every day they forgot. I mean I was a music teacher so every day they forgot their their instrument and oh my dad works nights or you know oh my mom works from home or or my you know my my mom and my dad's a stay at home whatever or oh I live with my grandparents they don't work anymore all I c- I can just call them and they'll bring it up and every day they would do it the kids would call and the adult would bring up their instrument or their lunch or whatever and again, I'm not saying don't help out your kid, but man, there's got to be a line because that accumulates and it co- becomes a pattern. And that pattern becomes a behavior. It's irresponsible behavior. And it's a it's a an entitlement mentality. When you rescue your kids from all potential negative situations, you're ensuring that they'll be less likely to take responsibility for their actions in the future. Dr. Laura Choate in this uh, Psychology Today article says that uh, she she shares a story about how, you know, she took her her daughter's assignment up to school because if she didn't, she the, the daughter would have had to sit out for 10 minutes of recess. She did it, but then afterwards, she lamented about it and realized the error of her ways. And so... Afterwards, you know, is when she wrote this article. She realized what she was doing, that whole deal. But having your kids sit out for 10 minutes of recess because they forgot their homework, man. Yeah, it's 10 minutes of recess. Recess is about 25 minutes, 20, 25, 30 minutes sometimes. They'll be okay. Yeah, they'll be upset, but guess what? That's a minor issue. That's a minor issue. But... they're going to learn their lesson. Did you enjoy sitting out of recess? No. Are you going to forget your homework again? No. Absolutely. And, and that's a small that's a small example. But if you keep doing that type of rescuing repeatedly, and I know it's minor, but just that little type of rescuing, if you keep doing that repeatedly, then your kids are going to be less equipped to take responsibility for themselves up to and after they leave the nest. And I know I'm a parent too. I get it. It's, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help my kid. Yes, I get it. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that I do that I'm like, man, I'm just trying to help my kid get through life. And that's great. That's what parents are there for. That's what we're there for. We're there to help help our kids get through life. But when you're acting as that crutch, when you're doing those little things over and over and over and over and over it contributes to their lack of confidence and their sense of competence when you rush in to do something for your kids like you know take a take a band in- instrument to school or take a forgotten lunch or uh you know take a, a a missing assignment or something when you rush when you rush in and do something like that it's in essence and this is Dr. Laura Choate, this is not me <laughs> In essence, what you're saying is, you don't have what it takes to do this on your own because you are incompetent, so I have to do it for you. I don't trust you. I don't trust that you can make good decisions without me. That's not me. Don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Dr. Laura Choate, C-H-O-A-T-E, on Psychology Today. I mean, but I agree. When you do that stuff over and over, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying once, I'm not saying twice, I'm saying when you do that stuff over and over and it becomes a crutch and it becomes a habit and it becomes a behavior, it's almost like you're saying you don't have what it takes to do this, to do this on your own. And because of your incompetence, I have to do this for you. I don't trust you to make good decisions without me. And I know that making a shift away from lawnmower parenting or snowplow parenting, I know if, if that's you, I'm a pray for you. <laughs> but I know it's it feels risky because it's almost like you have your baby. You have your you have your child. And and you're having to let go. It's starting that letting go process. Allowing your kids to experience small but negative consequences is tough. I'm a parent too. I get it. You don't want to see your kid suffer. You don't want to see your kid cry. You don't want to see your kid struggle. But I want you to think. By not allowing them that experience, are you hurting them? Are you saying, well, it's just this, it's just with this, or it's just with this. It's just If you're saying it's just, it's just, it's just, if you're saying that a lot, it's starting to build up. And if other people are looking at your kids and saying, man, they're spoiled, sometimes that hurts worse than watching your kids suffer. It's building up their resilience is what it's doing, letting them go through the, small but negative consequences. It's it's building up their resilience for a future that isn't easy and a life that doesn't always make you popular with your own kids. I know. It's extremely frustrating to watch your kids struggle and fail, especially when you can step in and solve the problem for them or in some cases, make it go away altogether. But it's really hard, especially when when you, as a parent, When when your kid looks back at you and you're letting them suffer or you're you're allowing them to go through it and not solve it for them, and they turn back at you and they say, do this for me, and you say, no. I get it, man. That's hard. That's super hard. Because then you might get hit with the, well, mom, I can't believe you're not helping me. I hate you. Or you might get hit with the, Dad, you're supposed to do this for me. You don't love me. You don't love me, do you? That's hard to hear. It's hard to hear. But rest assured, it's only said out of frustration. It's only said out of anger. They know you love them, they know you don't hate them. But you are their parent. You are not their friend. You are their parent. You are not their friend. They have tons of friends, but only two parents or one parent or one or two people who is in charge of raising them right. You are the parent. You are not their friend. And there's a difference. So I know I know you really want to take that band instrument to school. I know you want to solve that dispute with a teacher or a friend. I know you want to correct the mistakes on all their homework. I know you want to deliver a forgotten lunch or a piece of homework. Or sometimes I know it's just easier just to say, get out of the way and let me do it because you're doing it all wrong. Trust me, I know. (laughs) I know we want to rescue them from hurt feelings and especially embarrassment. Sitting at a recess, serving detention, it's hard to watch. It's hard to know that's happening. But I'm gonna tell you, it's better than making an irresponsible and possibly life-altering decision when your kids are older and living on their own. Those lessons are best learned now when you as parents still have the ability to support and teach as your children reflect on what they're going through. And those little stumbles and falls and having to pick themselves up again, that is a learning experience. It's a learning experience. Guess what? It's called love. It's called love. It's called tough love sometimes. It's tough. But the key word in there is love. And letting your kids actually go through that stuff, man, it's painful, I know. But it's love. And you'll see it as they grow. Think about all the things that you do, that you now know how to do correctly because you made a mistake and you get that. I made that mistake once. I'm never going to do that one again. You know, it reminds me of one of those, uh, what's it, you know, those little tests or whatever, or the little worksheets. I used to hand them out uh, at the first day of school when I was teaching, but you know, it was, it was just called follow directions. You know, number one, Read everything carefully before doing anything. Number two, put your name in the upper right-hand corner of this page. Number three, read the word, or you know, circle the word "name" in sentence two, and then you know, all the way down, you know, put an X here and draw a circle here and draw an X and da 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 da. da. Um, and then you get all the way down to the last one, number twenty-five or whatever it says. Now that you've finished reading everything, do sentences one and two. Keep busy so that others will continue to read without disturbing you. And, uh, and, and do not make any sign or give any clue that you have completed the assigned task. <laughs> you see, because of that, because I went through that, I did that when I was a kid, I remember sitting in fifth grade getting that, and I failed it. I failed it. But you know what? I now know <laughs> that if ever there's something I'm, I'm trying to do or I'm trying to put together, you better believe I'm reading the directions all the way through first absolutely see it's just the little lessons like that you ever have that feeling you know when you you're doing something you're like oh man i remember i made the mistake doing this this one time 20 years ago it could be 20 30 40 years ago like man i'm never doing that again why because you made the mistake you learned and you're resilient because of it Nobody jumped in and did it for you. Maybe they came in and helped you. Maybe they coached you. But you're never making the mistake again because you learned. They're not coming in to swoop in and do it for you. They coached you, and you learned. Experience the Kids need to experience the, the consequences of their actions instead of removing the consequences for them. For example, your child calls you up from school, says, Mom... I forgot my homework. Can you bring it up to me? You say, nope, sorry. You have to turn it in tomorrow for half credit or zero or whatever. Versus, oh, honey, it's okay. I'll bring it up for you right now. Yeah, tell them them it's coming. No. Bottom line is, friends, in all of our parenting decisions, we need to consider the answer to this question. Will this action that I'm about to take, will it lead my child towards increased independence, competence, confidence, and resilience, or will it take away from it? I I just think in my own life, how many times my parents said no, how many consequences my parents let let me suffer. And again, I'm not talking, you know, huge, emotional, detrimental. I'm not talking about anything like that, but I... I just think back at how many times my parents said no, or how many times my parents just kind of said, well, should have known better. But it was out of love. Stunk at the time, but it was out of love. And I am more resilient today. I'm more independent, more competent, more confident because of it. When we look to the results of too much lawnmower parenting or uh, snowplow parenting in college students, it's, it's so easy to see. It's so easy to see where it came from, why we have the issues, or why the kids are having the issues that they are. And it can certainly make it easier to resist the urge to rescue our kids today. So, Put the lawnmowers, put the snow plows away. And understand that by letting your kids go through some consequences, that it's actually building their future, building their independence, building their competence, building their confidence, building their resilience. Because then we have resilient kids. And I'm not, you know, this, I'm not even talking about bullying. I know, I know. I'm talking about just overall resilience. I've never met a parent. I've never met a parent. I've never met a teacher that said, yes, I want my kid to be weak. I've never met one. I just haven't. Maybe they just don't come to my talks. I don't know. <laughs> but I've never met a parent, a counselor, a teacher. I've never met a parent that says, yes, I want my kid to be weak. Yes, I no, I don't want my kid to be resilient. Never met him because I, I i don't think i don't think parents want that for their kids I, I don't think parents want their kids to be weak i don't think parents want their kids to lack resilience i don't think or i don't think parents want their kids to turn out that way 94% that article said 94% of parents want their kids to be responsible but that starts at home That starts with you the parents it starts with you, the teachers. It starts with you, the counselors. And if you're a student and you're listening to this, it starts with you too. Quit calling mommy and daddy for every little thing. Yes, they are there to help you. They are there to coach you. They are there to guide you. But they are not there after a certain age. They are not there to nurse you. They are not there to do every little thing for you anymore. They're not. Sorry. But you are going to be better off because of it. So, friends, I thank you again for joining me today on this episode of Chris in the Classroom. Friends, if you want me to come and impact your school, church, organization, uh, conference, camp, whatever, (laughs) go to chrisintheclassroom.com. Uh go to my YouTube channel, it's just YouTube, and then you just search for Chris in the classroom. All kinds of dad joke videos on there. Man, I love dad jokes. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do some some more stand-up comedy soon. That was a lot of fun. A ton of fun. Friends, we are starting to book up like crazy uh, already for the 2019-2020 school year. So if you want me to come to your school, go to Chrisintheclassroom.com. Tell your counselors, tell your teachers, tell your principals, Chris Hey, be on the lookout. I've got a couple more books coming out, uh, a couple more children's books in the Schoolhouse Heroes book series. Um, What's getting ready to come out? It is Hugo the Hamster, When Push Comes to Shove. That one is all about how to deal with people who are uh, just physically pushing you around and shoving and roughhousing a little bit. And then not too long after that is Charlie the Chicken. In um, I haven't settled on a title yet, but I'm thinking of something like "Click Click Cluck" something like that because he's a chicken. But it's all about how to deal with uh, insults and things like that online. I'm also toying around with the idea. I wasn't going to do this, but I was toying, I'm was i toying around with the idea of doing something for uh, for all the brothers and sisters out there for sibling rivalry. So maybe I'll get to work on that. And then also be on the lookout. My parent book is done. It is in editing right now. Cover design is done. So I'm just waiting to get it back from the editors. And then boom, we will have... The parent book that everybody has been waiting for, myself included, but i have getting so many questions. What do you have for parents? It's coming. It's called The Big Bad B Word. The Big Bad B Word. It's coming. So if you want more information on that, go to chrisintheclassroom.com and uh, throw your email in and you'll get updates on all that stuff. Friends, thank you all so much. It has been a pleasure. And until next time, class is dismissed.